Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the Fantasy Football Playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard, blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football. Shock, this is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the Fantasy Football Playbook. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening Rush Nation? We're back. It's Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. My head is all over the place today, but what I do know is tomorrow is franchise tag deadline. Murph, how you doing, big man? All good, sir. Yeah, it is Tuesday. I can confirm that. Good, um, good. thanks. <laughs> I'm doing well. How, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Actually, I think I may have caught a slight case of the oak processionary moth rash today whilst plowing through trees on the rough mower, but hey, that's just part and parcel of the job. Otherwise, I am all good. I'm all good. I'm um, I'm pretty excited for tomorrow's franchise deadline. It just means another solid step is in place towards the, the season. And then I'm pretty excited for today's show because we're going to be getting into our quarterback tiers. If you don't own the fantasy football playbook, you don't know what these are yet. In fact, the ones we're going to be talking about today are updated. Um, but if you don't, if you haven't got the book, then this is the first you're going to hear about our tiers, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. First time, unless you listen last year or whatever but these are these are new 2020 revised obviously when we did the book um 
Cam Newton hadn't signed. Um, some situations were perhaps a little bit more ambiguous and some have become more clear. Although not too much. I don't think there's a lot of change in the quarterback rankings from the book. There's probably one or two bits uh, that have been updated, but I think of all the tiers, um, tight end and quarterback are reasonably static from the book, whereas running back and wide receiver have had some changes as, as the days have gone on. Yeah, you're telling me I somehow had <coughs> Dante Pettis up at number nine because I had a typo in my <laughs> spreadsheet and he <laughs> had 5,008 percentage of his uh, yardage, like 5,000 percent of his catches. So that gave him a, a fair tally on what he actually had. But that, that's been adjusted, Rush Nation. Don't worry about that. Murph, you got the franchise tag news there? Yeah, so a couple of bits of news from, from when we previously spoke. The first is something that was announced by... Um, the NFL last week um, and they asked the NFLPA to place 35% of players pay into escrow for 2020. And basically what was going to happen was if they put this money into escrow based on the percentage of uh, income that had gone down, it could potentially hit the money that was put in escrow. Therefore, basically it was asking players to take a, a pay cut. Now this isn't official. Should that happen, then uh, I think the chances of getting a season could be heavily diminished. You've got players like Donovan Smith of the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers basically not happy with playing at all. He's like, I don't understand how we can play and then go home and put my family at risk with the coronavirus. And now to do that, you're actually... Is he the left tackle? Yeah, I heard that news today. And then... And then to then take 35% of my salary and not pay me that when you should actually be paying us more money. And it's a fair point. Um, it's an additional risk to playing this season over any other season. Um, cases in California, Florida, heavily spiking. Now we've seen with the Premier League, you can play a sport behind closed doors. You can minimize that risk. Um, coronavirus positive tests of athletes in the Premier League is is less than 1%. It's In fact, it's... I think it's like even 0.1%. It's a very, very small fraction of players in the latest round, which is round 13 of tests. They had one player um, test positive. On that point though, do you think that's because we are sort of plateaued and maybe slightly on the downward curve now for Corona or no, I think because America is still going up. There's a, no, I I think it's, it's, it's purely down to the precautions that are being taken by the teams, by football clubs um, and everything that, Players are, you know, they get driven to and from home. Um, there's, they're, they're like extremely wonderful facilities that are kept extremely clean with only essential personnel. They come into contact with very few people. Um, effectively, just think of a football team as a large bubble, and that's really what it is. And appreciate that the NFL is on a much bigger scale. There's far more players. There's far more people. Um, I think you either streamline the people necessary in the facility or I don't know what, what the true answer is. I don't think this 35% pay into escrow is something that is going to entice people to play. And the, for me, I've always been very optimistic that the season was going to happen regardless. I think my optimistic fans are going to get and watch many games. Probably not. But I was always optimistic that something would happen. And this is the first kind of thing that's come across that's made me doubt if they don't get this right, this could be a very, very difficult situation because, uh, you know, this 
is a huge it's a huge amount of pay yeah um you're, you're talking about 40 million per team that's going to be held that, that should be the players um so, so <laughs> well yeah i mean there's a lot of players that effectively are, are going to get you know a lot of play, a lot of money put aside and probably never see that and i think that that's something they need to overcome and need to overcome pretty quickly so i just wanted to bring that up because there's something that's that's come out in the last few days since we last spoke and it's something to keep an eye on and be wary but we'll keep you up to date as much as possible as for you mentioned um as of the deadline now it's 9 p.m here tomorrow night 4 p.m eastern time um there are still 14 players that have yet to sign new deals um Dak prescott Derek henry and shaq barrett are the highlight three um so if they do not agree a deal within the next 26 hours and 20 minutes then they won't be um they won't be able to negotiate a deal they would just be yeah they would just be playing on the tag for this season um there are three players who have not signed their their franchise tenders um two are not a surprise to anybody uh, one is Yannick Ngokwe the other is Chris Jones they are very likely to sit out the third one does surprise me and that's AJ Green whether it's they're trying to work out a deal and just haven't done it yet um I don't know um but they're the three to to watch even though we're pretty confident two won't sign um it's highly unlikely Derek Henry signs a deal uh, he has signed his tag or he's going to sign his tag um but he will play on the tag this year it, and looks ever likely to hit free agency next season um, as talks for the contract have, have come to a halt. Um, there's a couple of players who have also cited a grievance. Um, Shaq Barrett, for example, has cited a grievance because of his franchise tag. He was franchise tag as an outside linebacker instead of a DE. Um, that means he's getting a $2 million uh, just over $2 million pay cut, effectively, based on position. Um, very awkward situation for everybody because for Shaq Barrett, um, he plays outside linebacker because the Bucks play a 3-4. So he doesn't he doesn't line up in the front because of the way that the Buccaneers play the system. So the Buccaneers are well within their rights to tag him as, a offensive, you know, as an outside linebacker over a DE because that's his designated position. But for Jack Barrett, who was the, you know, the sack leader last year, he wants to earn his money. Typically in these situations, um, was listening to uh, a couple of folks, Michael Lombardi in particular. And basically what they're saying is these guys go to a grievance. And then what happens is they end up settling um, and they split the difference. So ex- expect the grievance to be resolved uh, extremely quickly with um, Shaq Barrett to get an extra million. We'll get a million of it. They'll split the difference. And that'll be what happens. Um, there's a Ravens guy as well in the same situation, isn't there? He's one of their linebackers plays as a defensive end, but isn't classified as one, I think. Yeah, it's, it's all down to defensive schemes. It's kind of a stupid uh, Matthew Judon is, is the player. That's the one. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a rubbish situation because this thing happens every year. You would have thought the CBA would fix it. And it hasn't. Um, They'll settle because ongoing grievances become very difficult and they end up impacting the cap down the road. So it's better to get them settled early. The um, the players who haven't signed a new deal, Shaq Barrett, I was pretty confident they'd get a deal done. 
I, I don't think they're going to get it done unless something drastically happens in the next 24 hours. Uh, Bud Dupree, we mentioned AJ Green already. Anthony Harris, Derek Henry, we've already talked about. Hunter Henry, uh, which will be an interesting one because uh, is it injuries is why they're, they're not so sure, but they've tagged him. I, I don't really know. Uh, Chris Jones, we've, we've already um, talked about, is, is not going to play Matthew Judon again with that grievance. Probably unlikely he signs a deal. Yannick mm-hmm. Ngokwe is not going to play unless he goes. But Jack Prescott's definitely the most famous of all the cases. And now the, the deal's been done with, with Patrick Mahomes. It'd be interesting to see what they do with that now. Do they get a deal agreed in the next 24 and, and a bit hours? And then Brandon Shreef, Justin Simmons, these are all players who don't have a new deal. Joe Turney, uh, Leonard Williams. So quite quite a lot of players there. Um, some could sign deals in the next 24 hours and, and we'll try and keep you up to date. But definitely keep an eye on that. Everybody else will be uh, playing on the tag and hit free agency or be tagged again next year. Yeah, I know Simmons is in t- talks with the Broncos because I listened to uh, Locked On with our boy Cody over there. But he... Yeah, they're not. I he isn't sure they get a deal done, so it wouldn't surprise me if they end up playing him on the it's tag. V- it's very difficult to do a deal now because nobody's getting paid. Mm. Nobody's getting paid. Um, very few players uh, are getting paid unless they're elite, like Patrick Mahomes, because people don't know what the future pre- repercussions are of the of the salary cap. I mean, yeah. Shaq Barrett said it himself. He said it's very difficult to do a deal with me right now. He has a worth. He knows what he's worth. And until the team knows what's going on with the salary cap in the next couple of years, what those financial hits are going to be, because don't forget, as I think we've talked about on here before, salary cap is tied in to plot, to turnover of the league. Yeah, Turnover will go down because fans aren't going. Merchandise will be sold like in less quantity. You've got what's going on with the Redskins where no merchandise is being sold. So all that turnover is not happening. And then, it's going to have an impact uh, and that impact could be anywhere from 30 to 80 million. Now, whether they stagger that over future years, who knows? Um, I think because there's so much uncertainty, teams are just unsure about how much cap they can allocate for future years. Now, obviously the the chiefs have decided to take that bullet with Patrick Mahomes because they think he's a once in a generation player. Um, But yeah, I think, I think it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of these players probably would have had deals done had, the coronavirus not happened and I think as a result they probably won't get deals um and maybe they tag them and try and do a deal next year who knows um but it'd be interesting to see what happens yeah 100 percent. I I just like you said earlier this is one of the first things that is pointing towards the season not happening and it just all feels like it's like a matchstick house everything's really wobbly and it would be nice for a bit of solidification somewhere along the line whether you know if the season doesn't happen because of health reasons then great but it would be it would be bad for the season not to happen for monetary or anything like that rather than health reasons because it it would be just the wrong way to go about it I think morally if if it was for health and safety and the risk was too bad for for COVID then yeah sure but if if there can't be a deal struck with the players or or the owners or something like that that would be a shame. Well, I think the other thing you've you've got to think about is the the players themselves. Perhaps mm. they decide they're going to be a little less greedy. Uh, and I'm not saying they're being greedy. I th- I think they deserve to get paid as much as they can get paid. But maybe they take a deal that is slightly less um, to get more in the future. Um, 
maybe they take what they can get now. Uh, I think it depends on the player and the position. Yeah. Um, and- I think if you're running back, that doesn't happen. Um, but to err on the side of caution, especially with those players who aren't going to sign their tags tomorrow, and we're looking at Ngokwe and Jones being the two green who knows what happens. Um, those two players not signing their tag, we saw what happened to Le'Veon Bell. You sit out a year and you end up taking a deal that isn't what you w- were offered before the yeah, tag. Because your value's diminished. And then your value's diminished. And he's ended up on a, on the Jets which with Adam Gaze, which has not worked out well for him, let, let's be honest. And I think that's uh, something to really consider is do players like Chris Jones and Yannick Ngokwe believe that this is the best route forward? Or do they stomach it, sign the tag, earn their money? And again, the flip side is, what if they get injured? You know, it's it's a tough question. You have to really live with the decision. But I think these players need to need to have something sorted. And, you know, I think... I would always take the money versus not taking the money. I yeah, mean, I even if it's to. a one-year solution, I'd take the injury risk versus the non-injury risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Yannick and Gokwe has a lot of issues with the team. Um, and I, it's going to be interesting what happens. I'm not saying he owes them anything, but I think to himself, I don't know why you wouldn't take the money that, that you're going to get. Um, you know, these guys are earning uh, excellent money on the tag. That's the one advantage of being on a franchise tag is you're paid as a top sort of 10-ish player in, in, in that position, top five in some cases. I mean, to give you an idea, Derek Henry on the tag is going to earn around about 10.2 million this year as a running back. He's going to be one of the best paid running backs in the league. Chris Jones is going to earn 16.1 million. You know, Yannick Ngokwe, 17.8 million. I mean, we're not talking about insignificant amounts of money that these <laughs> players will be paid for one season that could be curtailed. And again, if it's curtailed, you'd, they'd probably get some money as a result. I don't know how it all works. Yeah. No, it's um, going to be interesting to see what happens over the next 24 and a bit hours. That's definitely for sure. Right, Murph, let's do some tiers, quarterback tiers today. These are based on four point per touch passing touchdown. That's right. I'm correct. I've not gone mad here. Yep, you're right. Four, four points per, uh, per uh, receiving touchdown. Oh, Passing, passing touchdown. touchdown, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, obviously, this does change for six points, and if you if you want to see them, then yeah, gonna need the book. So that's a little teaser there. If you can oh, get yourself breaking news. Oh, I don't even have the drop. <laughs> Chris Jones has just signed a new deal, four year deal worth up to eighty five million, in which sixty is in total guarantees upon signing. Okay, decent. So Chris Jones has signed a new co- a new four year contract. So there's me saying he's not going to sign the deal, and uh, or he signed his tag and he didn't have to because they've worked out a deal. So the Chiefs suspended it. They are literally just getting the cash out and they're rolling it out. First they paid Mahomes, now they paid Chris Jones, sixty million guaranteed upon signing over the next four years. Thanks for coming. That is a lot of money, but he is one of the best in the position. So yeah. So he's basically given up, let's say, a million this year, but which will probably be incentivized to get guaranteed 15 million over the next four plus incentives and, and additional bonuses. So he's done very well with that deal. And it seems like quite a friendly deal as well. Nice. Uh, I would like to apologize, Rush Nation, for the change of camera there. My, I was getting so laggy on my own screen. I presume I was for everyone else and nobody needs to see that. So I'm now in standard definition. Uh, apologies. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't realize you had a high def mode. 
no, I've got a separate webcam, but my uh, my Mac is now 11 years old and struggles to run it all. So the, the problem that's happened is since since you've done that on on the live stream, I'm now under you and you're under me. Uh, no. Oh well, well, you know who we are. Get we love to we it. love uh, testing live streams and yeah. testing Lee as much as possible. Sorry, mate. I know you're still there <laughs> listening, trying to fix it. Really sorry, but yeah, at least we're both still on the screen, right? Yeah, he's fixed it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> thanks <Good> mate <laughs> love you right yeah yeah where would we be without lee in a black screen somewhere completely immobile tell you what lee I'd, um here you go look there you go that one's for you buddy nice okay let's talk some tears um so we're going to run through our consensus tears because the one thing i've noticed about my fantasy project pro- fantasy points projected is that i'm a lot more bullish on quarterbacks than murphy's um and if you've seen the book, then you've probably noticed that because we've had quite a few people, well, message me definitely on Sleeper saying, Stocks, your rankings are all over the place or don't agree with that. I'm like, well, this is how I've got to. So welcome to my head. That's all I can say. But we're going to go for the consensus rankings. And then if there's a player that we find is specifically a long way away from either of ours, we'll talk about them for a little bit. How does that sound, big man? Good with me. So obviously, Murph and I, we've got two distinct tiers one and two and they're both different players so our consensus top tier is Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and they are both in the top tier and the way we worked out these points was if there was a tiebreaker for instance Lamar and Patrick Mahomes we averaged out our fantasy points and then that gave us our top tier uh, top number one and number two and that's that's how we went about it right yeah that that's how we went about it um I think um it's very difficult to do a tiebreaker when there's two of you because obviously if you have a draw, there's no neither or neither. It's, it's difficult. So we went with it. And I, I presume my bullishness on uh, fantasy quarterbacks has meant all the players I like more have gone higher up in the tiers. Ranking. I was going to say that that is pretty much what has happened. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> is your, so to give you, to give some context and we'll publish these on the website. Stocks is, um, QB QB twenty one, which is Joe Burrow, has outscoring my QB seven, which is Deshaun Watson. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but not <laughs> not not by a lot. No, uh, sorry, your QB twenty two is Drew Brees, uh, and he is scoring two points more, or one point five points more than uh, Deshaun Watson of mine in seventh. Yeah, but that's because all of mine are grouped heavily together, whereas. Yours is a little spread out now. Yeah, no, I think the point I mean by that is that you you have scored quarterbacks um, quite highly. Um, yeah, and I've gone far more conservative. Um, so probably the right answer is probably somewhere in in, in the middle. Um, well, if you if you because, want to be safe, follow Murph. <laughs> That's how I no, I, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think that. Like um, to give you some context, five players broke uh, three hundred points. Uh, last year, um, admittedly, right? those five, yeah, and those five were uh, well over. I mean, Deshaun Watson in fifth scored three hundred and thirty-one points. Josh Allen in sixth um, scored uh, two hundred and ninety-seven. Um, okay. So you know, I I have stuck with trends of, of history um and yeah. that and I, yeah, i'm not saying you're wrong because there is more scoring going on in the nfl i could be overly cautious Let's based on I'm, looking I'm at overly previous optimistic and yeah <laughs> and, and you are you are expecting 
uh, teams galore. And to be honest, with the lack of preseason, with the lack of uh, prep, um, with the lack of potential scheming and time together, yep. there could be more points scored. It's okay. it, you know, I it, there's nothing. The thing with projections is people take them far too seriously. We do them based on how we've got to those numbers based on what we think is going to happen. You know, your numbers could be far closer to reality based on those factors. Um, mine are basically based on more standard traditional settings, which, you know, aren't the case this year. So, you know, this isn't me like publicly mocking you is trying to explain no, no, no. And I, the I, difference between the, the approaches is I've gone for a very traditional approach. And, and I think you've gone for something based on, what is happening now where it's far more unpredictable and and i i'd like to think that if i well i did i applied the same process to all of my players so if they are all higher than yours just because my points are higher my rankings wouldn't change whether i reduce the whole lot by 10 percent or regardless so even if my points are higher we we still have players relatively in the same position so the rankings are the same i've just gone a little higher on the projections I think and my process was the same throughout so my rankings won't change but maybe maybe when I look at this again I think I've overscored everyone here and they drop down my rankings should pretty much stay the same just the points might drop we do have some outliers and there are definitely some players that we can we can pick out of this but our top three are the same maybe in a slightly different um, order whereas I've got Patrick Mahomes to return to number one by about a 30 point margin you've got Lamar um, Jackson beating Mahomes by about a 32 point margin. So actually, we've got them in that same tier, scoring relatively the same amount of points. Um, and I think they're the very clear one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, whichever order you want to go by, I've marked in Lamar for some some big regression this year. You have maintained him pretty similar, it's slightly less than what he was last year, but not too far. Uh, you know, I baked in about a 60 70 point regression um which is kind of where there there is a huge difference and people might think why i've marked him for a regression it's because t- uh, qb1s very rarely repeat um i think defenses are going to be more ready for lamar i think he's going to be forced to put the ball in the air more and then i think that's where there'll be some drop off i don't think he reaches that thousand yard uh running whereas i think you have far more confidence in him this mm. year and and you know We'll know at the end of the season who was right. But again, you can kind of see the logic here. Whereas we've got Mahomes scored relatively closely. Um, I have him actually over your rank by about seven points, but we have him pretty similar. Um, same way that we have Dak Prescott, we both have him at third. Um, and he's in a tier in his own. Yeah, so he's clearly on his own in our yeah. consensus as well. So those, those tiers... The first three players we might have in a slightly different order for different reasons at one, two, but effectively they are the elite. And I think that's recognized and reflected in the ADP. And the same goes with Dak at third. Um, And then we both kind of see there is a drop down of a good 20 points or so to um, the next tier where this is where we do differ a little bit. Um, We both have Kyler in there. You have him at four. Um, I have him at six. Um, But in this tier, you have a very large tier four whereas i have a very small tier four um and this is where you've grouped a lot of players like you have josh allen at eight i have him at four um but the difference between four and six for me is only it's not even four points it's 3.84 points between josh allen at four russell wilson at five kyler murray at six whereas your four through 12 
the difference in there is only 13 points. Not even, yeah, 12.9 points. Yeah, so I'm pretty much happy with anyone after Dak Prescott until you get to Deshaun Watson on my rankings. Which, But you do have some interesting players in your top 12. Um, there's a couple here that are real outliers that we should talk about. The two that stand to mind are Gardner Minshew and Matthew Matthew Stafford and, well, and Ryan Tannehill. Yep. I think although Ryan Tannehill is going to regress this year, there's no doubt about that. The efficiency was just supersonic last year. I think what they put together, they've got arguably the deepest roster in the NFL. And I don't think it was a fluke last year. I think it was overpriced for what they did. I mean, they, they excelled, should I say, but I think he's going to have, I think he's going to be good. And I think, you know, there's, there's a chance that the, the Titans staff have got it right. And, People might think that last year was almost a complete fluke out of nowhere. But the fact that Tannehill was good in Miami. Lee's always told me how how he liked Tannehill and was just Adam Gase. And we saw it last year. Put him in a decent offense, let him go. And he was pretty good. And then Gardner Minshew, yeah, I mean, this is even an outlier for me. I just think, I think what I've done with my rankings in is I have ranked everybody at their ceiling, which is how I like to view people anyway. I'm very optimistic. So I think that it's just, it's me projecting him to be the best Gardner Minshew. And I got hold of Minshew mania, I suppose. And yeah, yeah he, he slotted in at 10 for me. And then obviously Matt Stafford was on a tear last year and unfortunately got injured. And I think, I think he's going to be really, really good value. So I think, although he is at 11 for me, I think possibly, you know, the Lions can't run the football. Even even though DeAndre Swift's there, when Kevin went down last year, Bo Scarborough and uh, Ty, whatever his name, Chap Chops was. he Ty Johnson. He, Ty Johnson, that was it. They they couldn't get it done. So Kerryon, you know, he's talented. We've all seen the talent, but does get injured. And although he's my boy, they did draft DeAndre Swift. And, you know, he projects as a three down back and that's great, but they just don't have high rushing running backs yardage wise. And I think Matt Stafford is going to benefit from that and he's going to be up there. And yeah, my, my third tier or fourth tier, I should say is, is pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's consistent and yeah, I, I so, don't, I don't mind anyone in it. That's I guess what I'm trying to say. No. Um, you know, I have some, some conflicting points on, on some of those um, Tannehill. I do like, um, I understand that point. If he finishes as the QB7, would I be overly shocked? Probably not. Um, I have him down at 13, um, but it's only about 28 points behind uh, Sean Watson, who I have in, in seven. Um, so it's not, uh, it's, it's not, you know, you're talking about a couple of touchdowns and a couple of large yardage games. Um, and maybe with a rushing touchdown or two in there, kind of really swings it. So, you know, the big thing with quarterback, as we always say, especially in a one QB league, as long as you're getting a, a top 12, top 14 guy, it doesn't overly matter that much. Um, you're not going to lose a lot of weeks um, playing a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Um, I completely disagree with Minshew. I I really don't like Minshew as a fantasy prospect. I love him as an actual quarterback. And he is a perfect example of a player who you can really get behind and support whilst him also being really bad at fantasy football. <laughs> um, um, I have him down at 22. Um, he's in a tier with me with Burrow and Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Ben Roethlisberger. So I don't hate him like that much. Like I still think he's a viable option. I find it very hard to see him getting into the top 12. And Matt Stafford, the only reason I'm lower on him than most people, I have him down 
at 17. Um, I, the reason I have him down that low is I, I, I've baked in for him to miss games. I just do not think he will play 16 games. And so yeah, my, my projection is, is reflecting on him playing 13 games. Um, and that's why he is further down my, my board. But I think if he did play 16 games, I think he could finish as the QB 11. So I don't necessarily disagree with your rank. I just have it differently because I've baked in how many games I think he will play. Yeah, um, I, And again, I, that's not... part of the risk of, of doing projections is, is I'm baking in something that might not happen. The yeah. same way you are. Um, one of us will be closer to being correct at the end of the season. If he plays 16 games, it's more likely to be you. If he plays less, it's, it's going to be me. And, and that's how projections are very much a personal thing. And that's why we do a consensus, because what this will do is end up writing some of the wrongs. So the consensus puts Matt Stafford at 14. He's going ADP sort of anywhere between 12 and 15, depending on which ADP data you look at. So what consensus brings him to the mean? And the more projections you put into a consensus, the more chance the data is going to be right. Um, One person is very rarely like that accurately correct, even though you do get winners of of fantasy projection competitions like fantasy pros, but you have to find analysts you trust their process, um, whether that's stocks, whether that's me, but our consensus tends to be most of the time uh, not too shabby uh, because we kind of overcorrect each other or we, we basically iron out like, for example, with where our difference with Minchu We've got him at 16. And then all of a sudden is, is it unrealistic for Gardner Minshew to finish as the QB 16? Absolutely not. Nope. So, um, you know, and he's baked into a tier with Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow. And you think he could finish above those guys. There is, it's a, it's a reasonable outcome to where he finishes it in a, you know, a group with those guys and finishes on top of them. Um, so that's interesting. So we talked about your top 12, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, uh, four and five, Jared Goff at six, um, Ryan Tannehill seven, Josh Allen at eight, Russell Wilson nine, Gardner Minshew ten, Matt Stafford eleven, and you have to Sean Watson at twelve. Mm-hmm. So you have him quite a bit down, and also I have him down over consensus. I have him at seven. So that is interesting that we both are below the general consensus, which places him at fifth, uh, fifth or sixth, depending on what rankings you look at. Yeah, I. I... I think there's a couple of players in here I'm going to have to, because it's weird once you're in the projection model, cranking away, doing it whenever you're doing it, and you think, yeah, that looks good, and then you smash it in. And it's not until you go back and look over the list just as a list with fresh eyes, you think, how is he there? Like, why is he there? Why is, like, I can't even see Drew Brees on my half of the list yet. And I'm thinking, this is Drew Brees. Like, the Saints' offense is ridiculous. Like, why, why can't I see him? So... I think I'm going to have to go back and look at why Drew Brees isn't currently in my top 20, which is flat out ridiculous if you ask me. But I, yeah, there's, there'll be a reason. And I, yeah. I just don't know you why. You need to look at it. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's trial and error. It's putting it together. Whereas I have Brees at eight. So my rankings go Josh Allen at four, uh, 2.6 points ahead of Russell Wilson in fifth, who is another sort of uh, one point two points ahead of, of Kyler Murray in sixth. Deshaun Watson is a bit of a gap. So he's in his own tier, Deshaun Watson. He's a near 17-point drop, 16-point drop to from Kyler Murray. And yet he's uh, 16 points ahead of Drew Brees, who I have in, in eighth. Now, what's interesting in my tier here, I have a tier between eight and 13 um, that is ridiculously close. Um, these six players are separated by <laughs> two, 2.3 points. Um, 
and by the way that it looks like on the sheet there's a tie um they are i have an extra decimal point in my in my um projections so they are ranked in order um we're talking you know fractions of a point um it's like eighteenths <laughs> of a yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have what looks like on the sheet is Drew Brees and Tom and Tom Brady eight and nine is the statistical dead heat. I have them at um, point zero. I think that's like point zero four of a point difference. So effectively a statistical dead heat. And then just up two points, point two of a point behind them. I have Daniel Jones at ten uh, and Matt Ryan at eleven. Um, so those four players are split by point two. I think it's 0.23 of a point. So that's one yard. Uh, no, 20, yeah, 25 yards is the point. So 0.04. Not a lot. But six yards. <laughs> oh, six five. yards passing. Why couldn't you have made it five, Murph? I know. Six, six, yards, six yards passing between those four players. Um, so very, very close. I have Jared Goff, 0.7 of a point behind Daniel Jones and, and Matt Ryan. And, and the Matt Jones take... Uh, sorry, the Daniel Jones take might might surprise people. We talked about this in, in the book and the consistency side. And then we talked about it on the quarterback consistency show, which you can go back and find. We did it, I think, in February, um, where it talked about he had some high games. Um, it was very inconsistent, as you would expect from a rookie. But he had four MVP games where he was, uh, you know, a top, a top three to six scorer in that week. And I expect him to have more of those when there's more weapons because he had one of those weeks when he had no weapons to throw to. He was throwing to Darius Slayton. Yeah. Um, I have Wentz. He's just outside the QB1 for me, but it, it's literally one and 1.4 points. And I, I like Wentz. And if someone said to me, Wentz is going to finish as a top seven, top eight QB, I'm, you know, a couple of points in it. So I'm, any of these guys here, my first 13 QBs, I'm happy to have any of them in a one point. Um, in the one QB league, um, probably will never be taking any of the first three to five, maybe even the first six. Um, but anyone below that, I, I genuinely don't have a problem owning any of those players because they're all in the QB one conversation. Even Wentz, even though he's just outside, I'll very happily settle for for Carson Wentz. And that's the point where I start to think I need to have one of these guys. Yeah, and 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 the way we should we should mention the fact that tiers are useful in the way that you can see where the drop-off at the next, at that position is. So, Murphy, you were just talking about your 8th to 13th quarterback is being your tier 4? Tier four? Yeah. Yeah, it's your 4th tier. No, 6th uh, tier. 6th tier, but you'd still happily have them as your quarterback 1. Um, if there was quarterbacks going around them that were in tiers after and there was only one of those guys left and you you think well there's a quarterback run coming or there's gonna there's just been one and one of these guys is here i know i'm getting a value or i need to take this guy now because he won't make it back if there's going to be a run so having tiers is useful in the fact that you can you can print these sheets off or you can use it on your phone and cross them out so you know exactly who's there when you're drafting because you think oh i know i did this a lot last year with uh, marvin jones jr he was I can't remember what tier I had him in as my wide receiver, but he was just hanging about in drafts. And I thought, this is a value now because he's in a tier or two tiers above the guys that are going. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's really, really key um, to think about. Uh, The one thing I would say is um, with tight ends and with QBs, the teardrops just are massive. I have a tier of 14 to 18. I have Baker Mayfield at 18. I know Jack Duffin's watching, so don't, don't kill me, Jack, because... For him to become a QB1, he's got to get, in my rankings, 
17.7 points, which is a couple of passing touchdowns or a couple of rushing touchdowns and a few extra yards. Like it's not, it's not a huge amount. But then my next tier down goes to Ben Roethlisberger. That that drop in tier is four points. It's not huge. It's just a line where there is a gap mm-hmm. that's significant enough. All my tier breaks are all within, you know, with the exception of, I think the biggest tier break I have is Mahomes to Lamar, which is 30 points. Um, and then all the other tier breaks are all within 20 points, I think, up until like the very end where I have players playing bit part like Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston at 39 and 40. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because you're not drafting those players. It doesn't make any difference. But the teardrops are just so insignificant. They're 10 points, 14 points. Actually, Justin Herbert to Dwayne Haskins is significant. That's 20, 26 points. So that's where a tier matters, especially in, in RBs and wide receivers, the teardrops can be quite significant. You can see a 20 point, a 30 point drop. That's where it becomes significant. You know, if I was sitting there and I had the choice between Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, another position, I would probably choose the other position and then expect one of those guys to come back to me. And if I got stuck with Ben Roethlisberger over Baker Mayfield, a four point difference in my rankings. I'm not going to care. Like it's not, it's not a significant, it isn't a different tier only because I have to create different tiers and there's a significant drop, but it's not that significant. It's four points. And in QBs, as we're talking about, I have a lot of QBs scoring very similar amount of points. You have a lot of QBs scoring a very similar amount of points. That's why QB accuracy is so difficult because they score so similar. If you look at last year, Last year, for example, you had a course of a season. You had James Winston in third, and he scored 1.7 points more than Russell Wilson in fourth, who scored uh, 1.62 points ahead of Deshaun Watson in fifth. And then there's a gap, and it is significant. It's, it's 34 points-ish. Um, you got Josh Allen in sixth. He scored 0.28 of a point more than Kyler Murray in seventh. Like this is what I mean. Patrick Mahomes is five points behind them because he was injured. They're Carson Wentz is five uh, points behind him. It's Carson Wentz to Aaron crisps, Rodgers, isn't it? It's yeah, a bag Car- of crisps, and you're grabbing out different ones with different, very close point, like size of crisp, if you want. If that's a well, yeah. Carson Wentz to Aaron Rodgers nine and ten is split by point five two of a point, um, <laughs> and then the drop back to to Matt Ryan in eleventh is is one point. Like it's just they're, they're and if you go through, you can look at previous year's data. This is what happens. Players just score so evenly. Like, there's just not a big difference between, like, Tom Brady to Jared Goff. The difference was eight points last year. Eight points was the difference between Goff being uh, an RB, uh, QB1 and a QB2. Like, it doesn't, it just doesn't enough to really think about investing a lot in that position because once you get past the first couple of guys, that's it. They're all going to score roughly the same amount of points until you get down to. For example, Baker Mayfield finished 19th last year, 250.18 points. He finished 21.5 points behind Tom Brady in 12th. And you split that over 16 games. Um, you're looking at what about one and a half points a game. Like it's just not going to make or break your season. Mm. The difference why you might pay up on, someone like a Brady, someone like a Matt Ryan, is they're more consistent, whereas Baker Mayfield is a bit more up and down. Um, and that's kind of what you're buying for the price. But you still don't need to invest 
you know, before the ninth round in any of these players. Um, and again, we've talked about in the book, we talk about Lamar Jackson, we talk about Patrick Mahomes there, MVP seasons came when they were going off as the 10th, 15th quarterback off the board and, and even undrafted in Lamar Jackson's case in leagues. There's just, there's no way to I'm kind of bashing projections here right now, but <laughs> there's no, you know, fantasy analysts pretty much stink at, at predicting who's going to be the the quarterback one, which is kind of what I've I've said in the book and, and written about. So <laughs> this conversation could almost be deemed as pointless, but you need to have a strategy. And, and that's why, you know, what these, what these projections are telling you is just pick a guy late, just go and get a guy late because it's not a, a significant enough difference between the QB 17 and the QB eight. It's yeah. just not significant. My QB 16 to my QB eight, is, as I've mentioned, it's 18 points. It's nothing. Your QB 18 to your QB, tw- you know, 12 or 8 is, yeah, your, so your 18th to 8th is also 18 points. Like I said earlier, I think my points are just inflated. Whereas if you shrunk yeah. them down, I think if you equaled out the difference in position between our points basis, it would actually give a fairly similar drop in each tier between our tiers points wise. It's just minor. Obviously, like I said, sunny side up, inflation projections and Murph's been a bit more cautious. But I think once you get to our consensus points and stuff like that, I think they're, they start to get closer to the actual mark rather than, than stretched either way. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a really good point. Um, but you should, you should focus in on that if you like the way that Stocks is explaining his. You, you, know, you can weight his, his rankings over mine. You can ignore that the same way that you look at mine over over stocks is you know at the end of the day what we're trying to do is give you advice um and a bit of just thought and what it has having this data in front of you is saying it all it screams out to anybody is just don't invest high in the position because okay we you've got in your case it's slightly different because you have a 90 point gap between lamar in first and deshaun watson um in in 12th Mm-hmm. And 90 points is significant, and that could make Lamar Jackson a league winner. Whether it's in my case, you know, I have a similar gap to to one and 13. But when you start to factor what that opportunity cost is in another position, that could be the difference between getting uh, an elite running back and not getting an elite running back. And then actually then, then has the knock-on effect in, in other positions of your draft. Um, so on first glance, this would say I need to go up and pay for a QB. And actually, when you start to factor in the, the point differences, let's, let's look at this on, on running backs. The running back differences that we have between first and, say, 24th is ridiculous. It's 230 points. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't think it's fair if you use Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but we're using the same case for... Yeah, for, okay, Patrick, for Patrick Mahomes. But okay, let, let's go different then. Let's look at L- Lamar Jackson, right? So, or let's do Dak Prescott in third, right? So let's say look, Dak Prescott is a is a fifth round-ish player. And a fifth round player you can get in fantasy drafts right now. So I'm going to skim through our rankings and find one. Uh, let's go with Jonathan Taylor, right? I think that's a pretty good example of a fifth round player that you can, you can get. Um, we project him to get uh around about 200 ish points and if you pass up on him and go and get a running back um slightly later than that 
let's say you've got to go, say, a couple of rounds later to go and get the next one, you know, that gap all of a sudden becomes 50, 55 points. Whereas if you're doing that with um, with quarterback, all of a sudden that, that gap just isn't, isn't all that big. No. You're getting, you know, a player for, you know, a 30-point difference or a 40-point difference. And then more importantly, you've got a better roster construction. So it, I think I think the merit of this is look at how many guys there are. And, and again, when drafting a QB, especially in a one QB league, the QB is just not going to win you that many weeks unless they have elite production. Um, and most of the time, they're statistically so close. Mm. So if you want to go up and spend up on, on, a, on a Mahomes and a Lamar, then I understand that and – you know, you should do that if that's what you think is right. The downside is that strategy has never worked. <laughs> it just has never worked. Um, and there is years of data that in the book that explain that whoever goes, everyone who took Patrick Mahomes as the QB1 last year struggled. And you can say, well, he was injured. But it happens every year. Every year, the QB1 heavily regresses. If we If we go back over time, you know, he was, and I mean, Patrick Mahomes wasn't bad last year. He was the QB8 because he was injured. If we go back to 2017, you know, in 2017, Russell Wilson was the, the QB1 with 348 points. The following season, you know, again, he didn't do badly, but he went to ninth. So he went from first to ninth one season. Didn't what, really do it. What was the points differential between that season and the last? About 50 year? points. I say. It's significant, is it? It's significant regression. Um, we go back to 2016, Aaron Rodgers, 380 points. We go the following season, Aaron Rodgers was, I think he got injured this season. Yeah. So that, then that, that, that shows you, doesn't it? Like you've drafted him at a high cost because he's Aaron Rodgers and he goes and get injured in a single position where there's no scarcity of getting a, a streaming backup or something. And you've, got Aaron Rodgers as opposed to a third round running back or a third round wide receiver in which you've lost out positionally there where you could have got a, a, a quarterback later on for less cost and it really improved your roster construction yeah I mean even Cam's MVP season 389 points um, you know massive season the year later he dropped 140 points all right he missed one game in that time yeah, but so that's still a but significant still, drop. He finishes the QB seven, and and that's because people watch tape, people prepare, people just get better. Roster churn happens, all of these sorts of things. Um, but ultimately, you know, the reason, that, as I stated in my case for Lamar Jackson's re- regression, is one, it always happens. Every player who finishes the QB one regresses, but that's not enough of a reason. So you have to sit there and think about it. And I think I have capped his his rushing production by about 20%. And they've picked up more running backs this year. They're more confident they're going to run in, especially closer to the goal line. I think Lamar's going to have to put the ball in the air more. And I think that's why I baked him in. Listen, I've still got him as the, as the, as the, the quarterback too, but taking Lamar Jackson as the QB two in, in the second or third round in the one QB league is now no longer attractive. It just doesn't make any, any sense. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the thing is form form is there to be broken and one year taking one of these QBs high will eventually pay off. But until that happens, I will always 
shirk it because as I outline in the book, the opportunity cost of what you're giving up, as you mentioned, especially in positions of, of scarcity like running back and wide receiver, is just too much. There's no point in having the best QB in the game and then end up playing as your one-two punch of uh, running backs, uh, you know, like a James White and a, and a Kareem Hunt. It's just not going to do it for you. I'm pretty sure I've definitely done that in a league this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pleased to hear that that's definitely not going to work for me, Murph. Thank you very much. Well, I'll just want to save you some time on the, on, on the season. So All right. um, I'm just trying to think some other conflicting ranks between you and me. Cam, you've got Cam playing all 16 games, I think. And, well, and I've, I've, definitely, I've definitely not baked any injury games in. All my projections are based for 16 games because um, I felt that that was the easiest way for me to start out doing it. It's not going to be my rankings will start to reflect that as I get closer to the season on it, on injuries and stuff. But for my initial predict projections, because this is the first time I've done it and it was difficult to wrap my head around it. The easiest way to do it was just to work out what 16 games was and, and go from there, which is probably why my points were all a lot higher as well. Cause you, you've baked in injury possibilities, whereas I've gone for, they were all going to play 16 games and, and no one's going to get injured or COVID. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just all different ways of, of doing it. Again, this is where you've got to find the, the right, the right formula, the right thing for you, which is why we like consensus rankings. And, and to be honest, you know, part of what we'll do. So what we're going to do, we're going to publish these on the site and we'll update every week. If you are a Patreon uh, of ours or Patreon, whichever way you want to pronounce it, um, you can join this. We're going to add the sheet to, um, or at least the full doc with uh, all the stats on here that you have access to. Um, I'm also going to include like a base sheet um, that you can use for, for rankings or at least access to where, a link to where you can get that. Um, have a go at doing rankings yourselves and as Docs and I will, if you're on our, our Patreon, uh, Patreon, you know, you can join. We've got tiers from $3 a month um, all the way up to, to $25 a month. Um, but if you get in on any of the tiers, you can get custom projections for your league that we will do. Um, but also if you want to take a look at, at projections and, and get an idea, you know, probably Stocks and I can do some sort of masterclass on, you know, how we get to our numbers and, um, and you know, how to project and how to at least do rankings and have a go at doing them yourselves. And it will make you a better fantasy player. Even if it's, even if it's just, just a basic way of doing it, it will allow you to produce your own tiers because you can't produce tiers without a final number. It's all very well getting the 32 starting quarterbacks, putting them into 32s, but how do you develop the tiers from that? You need to go a step further and have a number that you can base that tier off, which is where projections are king because they give you a final, you know, whether you want to do it, even if you just do it on yards or, you know, Murph and I spit out a fantasy points at the end of it and then we do our tiers from that, you need something to rank that, uh, to build that tier off you can't just do it off of a list so that's why projections is good because not only does it allow you to look at deeper into rosters and, and who you think is going to do well and who you think is not but it then allows you to build your own tiers so rather than following an analyst like Murph or myself or the ballers or fantasy pros or even using ECR you've got your own rankings and you know fantasy football is supposed to be fun and you're supposed to trust your own gut so why not build your own rankings because it, it doesn't get any purer in my eyes than building your own rankings and using your rankings to to, to dominate fantasy football or and there's it, absolutely nothing wrong once you've done your rankings at looking at other people's rankings and, nope. and see where you're potentially going wrong or why 
people have ranked them differently. Um, I know many people who do rankings who are quite happy to take questions on, on their rankings. We're quite happy to take questions on, on our rankings and why we have certain players ranked in a, in a very certain way. And that's how you learn. Um, you know, we had we Dwayne McFarland on uh, this time last year. Um, we were in the Scott Fish Bowl together and he, you know, kindly came on the show and he wrote a great article on projections and how to do them. And, you know, this isn't something you, you get right in a year. This is something that is a cumulative effort that you spend over years. But just the better you are at doing this, just the more you understand of the game, you understand what things really matter. And, you know, you can get your rankings completely wrong and it doesn't matter um, because the whole point isn't to get them right because you're never going to get them right. We're dealing with human beings, not dealing with, with robots. But what you're doing is you're starting to understand what you value and more importantly, what the game of fantasy football values for points. And when you start to understand that process, you become a better player because all of a sudden you can just start seeing value on fantasy football boards. And it's no longer just a, I think this player is better, but no justification for it. Yep. You know, I can go to any player on my board and I can sit here and tell you why I have that player ranked there. And I have a justification and I have a reason for it. I have all the data behind it. I could be 100% wrong, but I'm wrong by what I've done. And then I learn from it. So the following season, I look at my rankings and think, wow, I had this player dead wrong last year. And let's look at why I got it wrong. Okay, so I, his passing percentage was well off. I had him at 62 and he completed 69%. So he's a better passer than I think he is. Therefore, I have to bake that into next year's projections. And eventually, after a few years, you get pretty good at it and you get better and better. And, you know, you're never going to get 100% right. There's injuries, there's humans, there's COVID, there's all these sort of different factors, coaching changes, all those sorts of things start to go into all of this makeup. But ultimately, at the end of the season, you're going to come out and you're going to learn a lot more. And you'll be a better, like I said, a better fantasy player because you know what you're valuing, you know what types of players you're looking for. And it just means you've, you're dominating you with more leagues. So if you desperately want to do your own rankings, you know, you can join our Patreon or, you know, you can hit us up on, on Twitter and, um, you know, we'll send you a link where you can get some, some basic ranking data, like in terms of how to do a sheet and then you can go through and work it out. If you're on our Patreon, we'll give you some time and uh, work out how to do it. Maybe we'll even record a video and, and how you do your rankings and, and some of the things you need to consider um for people that are willing to sponsor and help help the website yeah basically the the only way you can view our entire projection sheet model is by joining the patreon um if you've got the book you've got the rankings but you don't get any fantasy points in that and you know if, if you join the patreon we can allow you access to the sheet where and and we can even show you our entire projection models where we get yards per attempt yards per catch percentage rank uh completion percentage uh, all of that stuff so yeah there's there's a bit of a benefit to being a patron that's for sure yeah absolutely and you know you get access to us uh pretty frequently um and you get access to what we do in our processes and, and everything that, that goes along with it so um and i've got a lot of cool tools that i'm going to start sharing on there that either i've built or have amended from um what somebody else does and uh, and then amended them into how I do things um, and then taking it that way. But there's credit wherever on any sheet I use. Um, so join the Patreon. It's, it's starting at $3 a month, but there's all the different tiers on there, what you get, different benefits. Um, 
you know the the ten dollar and 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 larger tiers you get um items of clothing with it so you know it's really valuable and just hope this this you know you'll be able to see the rankings on on the site i don't know when we're planning to get these up mate probably what early probably end of the week um yeah maybe maybe um it'll be end of week on monday we'll drop them on the on the patreon first and then um then they'll go live on on the site it'll be within a week they'll be up on there uh for you to to view um and you can look at the fantasy points and again we'll take any questions anyone that has any questions on why we've ranked a player a certain way happily uh, answer that yep 100 percent. oh and don't forget we've still got running back wide receiver and tight end to do and and who knows we're getting closer to the season we might even do like a uh a wide receiver one two and three breakdown of rankings closer to the season as well before we you know, because we're going to get quite deep into it when we hit running back and wide receiver because there are a lot of players at each position and our tiers will differ significantly going forward. But yeah, closer to the season, you might get a, a short pod. Well, not a short pod because we only do our pods, Murph, because when you talk, you know, we get going. But yeah, there, there might be a, a more in-depth look at wide receivers, running back ones and so forth going closer to the season should the season happen and we sure hope it does. If you haven't got yourself a copy of the Fantasy Football Playbook, um, why not? Go get yourself one, win those leagues. Um, we give you all the, we, we arm you with the information to help you make decisions to win your leagues. We're not telling you how to do it. We're giving you the information to make those processes yourself. And uh, yeah, it's, it's over on the website, fiveyardrush.co.uk. Find the Fantasy Football Playbook. And if you want a paperback, it is also available on Amazon. I think it may still be on sale at £14.25. I haven't verified that recently. Um, if not, no, it's fourteen ninety nine. Oh, it's gone back up, Rush Nation. It's now you've missed the boat on the seventy odd p savings. So yeah, it's fourteen ninety nine <laughs> now. But yeah, if you want a copy paperback, it's the paper's great because you can you can write on it and and use highlighters and markers and stuff because we we wanted you to be able to use it as a book, not just as something you pick up and read, but a tool in your armory, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. And you know anything um, anything you want to know about the book before you buy it get in touch you can buy it direct from from us um pdf version there are a couple of sites that have promo codes i'm sure you can probably find uh one of the podcasts that has a, a show you know a um a code where you can find it um and get it at the pre-sale price of 5.99 if not it's 7.99 it's you know you're talking about the price of uh a cup of coffee a croissant and something else so you know it's not it's not a lot of money um to to spend especially as people are going out less hopefully you've got that money that you've saved from your your coffee for example so um yeah there is some breaking news that Shaq Barrett isn't going to sign the deal he's going to sign his tender and that will be signed by tomorrow nice well Rush Nation if you all not breaking news it's been on there for a while but orders have started coming in now for the FFCC 20 t-shirt uh got my first one from the printers today to send to the United States of America, would you believe it? It's going to uh, it's going to fly. I'm not sure which way the courier goes, but it is beautiful. It's a matte print on a on a white or grey t-shirt, and they're in the shop now, which is also over at fibercross.co.uk. Go get your t-shirt and yeah, yeah, go go represent the league. And just just on that point, you know, we don't make. Uh, a great deal of profit on on the shirts we make very very little but whatever little profit we make we will on the ffcc shirts we will donate um to charities it is a charity league um so we will donate 
all the profits from the t-shirt and believe me it's not tons because we want you to enjoy the merchandise um (laughs) but it's really small um it's not even half a pint's worth so um we will donate every penny um of profit that we have and we'll probably add some money ourselves on top uh if you do buy the merchandise so on this show notes um we'll put the link to the t-shirt if you're in the ffcc um thanks for joining and and supporting um there is still some ways to to get in um we have one spot remaining to give away uh stocks didn't tell you this um but we have one spot to give away there's a few other sites that have some spots to give away um our title sponsor king fantasy sports has three um the uh five yard college guys you heard the announcement last week they have three spots to give away franchise tag podcast has a spot to give away a couple of other podcasts have full 10 yards have a couple of spots to give away and you can hear me on that podcast uh later on this week um and there's a spot that's going to be given away on on that or how to win it from there for us uh, and our final spot this is a charity league so ultimately the whole point of this other than to create a fun format that's very different from anything out there it's a best ball um single bracket or single elimination bracket tournament 256 teams one wins it all it's that simple you set a lot you don't set a lineup you draft and, and then you let the gods decide who who wins um the way to win our spot is really really simple the very first person to make a 25 pound or 25 dollar donation to the charity of their choice gets the spot that that's it 25 dollar 25 pound donation to the charity of their choice that they want to support big small whatever and then sends it to us either via dm or via a tweet don't mind which prefer tweet with the hashtag ffcc but if you want to keep those details private i completely understand some people have very personal reasons as to why they support certain charities 25 pound 25 dollar donation or if you are in the uk and want to do the 25 dollar amount and work out what the uh, difference is and that that's fine that's what it is first person to do it wins the gets the spot that we see yeah this could happen before the podcast goes live i mean this is live in the world now so before i edit it and stuff that could even happen so yeah get out there rush nation and and support those charities and get in the it'll be time stamped when i say the first one i see it'll be the first one time stamped to us so it you know i'm not going to go off the one that finished on the top so no tactical or wait till the middle of the night because it'll be the first thing murph sees in the morning um no, no, no. It, it's the first one time stamped on twitter 25 pound 25 dollar donation to the charity of their choice gets the spot that's how you win it very simple um if you don't win it from us they're still you know check out the five-year college guys they're dropping a pod on wednesday i believe and they're going to talk about how they uh how you can win the spot from from them so all spots they've got multiple yep so if you haven't listened to the, the five-year college guys they are over on Twitter at Five Yard College, they've got their own podcast channel. So if you want to hear them, you've got to search Five Yard College in your podcast app. They are well; they've they've started really well, and uh, we're really pleased with what they've brought out. And their product is terrific. So yeah, Tom and Ash, great job over there, buddy. Well, if this has been an absolute blast, mate, we'll uh, we'll chat later on in the week, no doubt about it. But Rush Nation, until well, if you're going to listen to the college guys, until tomorrow, keep rushing. But for the rest of you lot, until next week, as always, don't forget, keep rushing.
you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.